All right, Alexander, let's uh, talk about Kevin McCarthy and his bid to become Speaker of the House to take over for Nancy Pelosi. He has now gone through one, two, three, four, five, six votes, and he still hasn't got in there. So um, they're going to resume some voting or some some negotiations today. I'm not quite sure what they're going to be doing today. But um, by the time this video goes up, maybe this is resolved. Maybe it's not. Who knows? It's very embarrassing for uh, McCarthy. I personally think it's uh, it's actually it's it seems to me like this is a very healthy process. If you ask me, for the first time, we're actually seeing some pushback and some debate, and people just aren't being uh, um, coronated kings of uh, of the of the Congress. I mean, it's. This is actually good to see. It's good to see play out. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, it, people are still saying he's going to manage to negotiate his way in to, to House Speaker. But there is that chance that he's going to have to tap out. I mean, you know, continuing to, to try and get in there sooner or later, people are just going to say, you know what? You've had six goes at it, seven, eight. Enough. We need someone new. How do you I, see it? I, I entirely agree with you. I think this is a very healthy thing. And it shows that activism, politi political activism, is at last returning to the United States in a healthy and genuine way. I mean, we saw an awful lot of so-called activism during the 2020 election, if you remember, all kinds of protests, if one can call them protests, happening during the summer, you know. BLM, other things. Now, notice, by the way, how that has completely switched off. <laughs> I mean, the moment Biden ele was elected, all of that ended. You might almost say that somebody gave an instruction. <laughs> but this is different. This is actual politics as it should be conducted. I mean, it, it, this, is, this is real politics in what claims to be the world's leading democracy, it's actually happening. And I'm going to say this, I think that this has been building up for a very long time. And I'm impressed, by the way, at the extent to which it has happened. I mean, there was a lot of talk that McCarthy would struggle to get elected. They were saying that, you know, it only, it only needs four Republicans to vote against him to make it impossible for him to become Speaker. There was, I, I saw some suggestions that perhaps five people would be holding out against him. Well, it's been a lot more than five. I mean, up to 20 in some uh, rounds. And he's not been able to win those people over, despite, you know, him getting support from people like Donald Trump, Jim Jordan, all of those sorts of people. And that suggests real divisions and discussions within the Republican Party. And as you absolutely correctly say, a final refusal at last by the Republican base to accept edicts, um, you know, given to them by their so-called leadership, a leadership which is becoming increasingly unrepresentative of how Republicans actually think and feel. And I think there were two things that led to this. Firstly, um, it's, I think, becoming increasingly cl clear 
that the midterms, that the Republican effort in the midterms was to some extent at least um, obstructed by the way in which the Republican leadership directed funds. <laughs> I think that this has been, again, argued against, but I think the, the accumulation of evidence now about this makes it, it seems to me, um, you can't really argue with this. It is a fact. But I'm also going to say there was something else, and that was that just before the new Congress with the Republican majority in the House was due to meet, the Republican leaders in Congress, McConnell and McCarthy, agreed this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill with the Democrats and with the Biden administration. And Republicans in Congress were presented with this and told, take it or leave it. And understandably enough, I think a lot of Republicans in the new, you know, in the new Congress felt extremely angry about that because they said, well, we haven't agreed to this. We haven't even had time to read through this bill properly. And we're being expected to vote for it. And it's being rammed through the new, con uh, the old Congress before the new Congress has even had a chance to sit. And I think that was the moment when I think a lot of them said enough's enough. We can't go on having deals done over our heads by our own supposed leaders taking us for granted. And we can't do very much about McConnell for the moment, though I'm told that 10 senators voting against him is already more than an embarrassment, which is what happened. But we can come after McCarthy, and this is what they've done. Do you think he's going to eventually get in? McCarthy? Well, uh, I, I, this, is, this is an impossible question for someone like me to answer. I mean, I'm going to make a guess. I think yes. I think that in the end, I mean, with with Donald Trump lobbying for him, with Jim Jordan lobbying for him, they're going to try. Clearly, they're, they're going to push him in. Well, I mean, they're trying to push him in. And so far as I can see, there isn't anyone obvious out there to take McCarthy's place. So that's one of the problems that the Republican dissidents, it seems to me, have. But it's clear that they are demanding that he cut deals with them, that he comes to all sorts of agreements, makes all kinds of concessions, um, which will, in theory at least, make the populist wing of the Republican Party stronger um, within the Republican uh, majority in Congress. Now, of course, one always has to say you can cut deals, you can get McCarthy to sign on the dotted line, all kinds of things. Whether once he's speaker, he pays any attention to that is a completely different matter. But it does show that there is a shift in the balance of power within the Republican Party. And I think that's going to intensify. And I think, as I said, my guess is that they will patch something together and they will get McCarthy in a speaker. But his credibility is shot. It's clear many Republicans don't want him. It's clear the Republican base don't want him. And most importantly, McConnell, the Republican leadership, the rhinos, have now been put on notice that the base is losing patience and it's prepared to take the most drastic steps to make sure that they, that they get heard and um, that McConnell, in other words, 
and people like him are probably now living on borrowed time. Yeah, no, the Republican base, they, they do not like, uh, obviously, they don't like McConnell. No. They don't like McCarthy either. They don't trust the guy. Uh, obviously, he did a terrible job during the midterm. Some of it was deliberate. Yeah. And that's very upsetting yeah. because he sabotaged his own party for the, uh, yes. for the betterment of the Uniparty. It was, it's obvious. Everyone yes. knows it. I don't, I don't think this is a yeah. secret. Both him and McConnell yeah. no. um, did this. And I agree with you. I think the if there was a viable competitor, then McCarthy would be gone. And Jim Absolutely. Jordan was that, but he, he turned it down himself. He volunteered to, to, to not seek the, the House yes. Speaker position, but he would have been, uh, he would have been a viable uh, option. Absolutely. And now it well, seems I, I, like you don't have anybody, but maybe someone will, will, will come up, maybe. If, if someone doesn't come up, then you really don't have much of a choice but to, but to figure out a way to, to get McCarthy in there. But um, that's, I think that's the, the biggest obstacle is not having a viable competitor. But isn't it interesting that um, McCarthy, instead of just cutting the deals, like say yesterday, just saying, okay, whatever you 20 – that are going against me. What do you guys want? Let's work it out. Instead of going that route, he took a completely different route. It shows his arrogance and it shows why he's such a bad leader. Instead of working with the people that, uh, that are asking for concessions and negotiating with them, Dan Crenshaw called them the enemy and terrorists. You know, I look at McCarthy and I say, you know what he is when he has a neocon like Crenshaw, um, you know, speaking for him and, and calling you know, people in his own party, enemies and terrorists. I look at McCarthy and I say, neocon, neocon light, part of the establishment. Look at what he's doing. I mean, he could have solved this yesterday if he really was a good leader. He would have said, okay, these people, obviously, that are voting against me, they have some real concerns. Let's, let's figure it out. He didn't do yeah. that. No, of course he not. He decided to uh, hit at them. He's no, yeah. he's no different than Pelosi. Absolutely. I look at what he did and I say he's no different than Pelosi. No, you're absolutely correct. And you abs it, it absolutely captures the arrogance and the extent to which – the arrogance of the Republican uh, congressional leadership and the extent to which um, they've lost touch with opinions uh, and, in fact, despise and dislike their own base. Now, you know, a couple of – a little while ago, I was reading um, a biography of Abraham Lincoln, you know, the first Republican president. And it's very striking because he wanted to be, um, as I remember, um, elected to a particularly high office in Illinois. I think it was the Senate, the U.S. Senate. And um, he didn't get, he, he, despite having a plurality, most Republican delegates were prepared to vote for Lincoln. He didn't have a majority. So rather than divide the party at a time when he knew he couldn't win, he stepped down, supported the person who was, you know, trying to become, take the office that he did, but who didn't have the support that Lincoln had. Lincoln made friends with that person. They became political allies, and that helped Lincoln in the future. Uh, win the presidency with a transformative effect on the United States that we all know. Well, you know, all I can say is Kevin McCarthy is obviously no Lincoln. He doesn't 
listen. He doesn't look at what the greatest Republican statesman actually did. He's doing something completely different. But, you know, this arrogance, which is, of course, only going to solidify feeling within the Republican base that McCarthy isn't really for them, that he's for himself, that he's part of what you said, the uni the uni party, that he doesn't really belong to them, that he's a Republican in name only. Uh, But it's absolutely typical of how the Republicans think, of how these Republican leaders think. Now, um, there's this extraordinary comment at the time when the omnibus bill was cobbled together from Mitch McConnell. He comes along and he says, he makes an extraordinary statement. He says, you know, we got all the things we wanted doesn't tell us what those are. And the first priority for most Republicans is providing funding to Ukraine. Now, that isn't true. It's not the priority for most Republicans. I mean, many Republicans may support providing financial help to Ukraine. But it's not their priority. I mean, the border might be a higher priority. I'm sure it is. Sorting out problems in the educational system might be a bigger priority. All kinds of things are a priority for Republicans. But here we have McConnell, you know, the supposed leader of the Republicans in Congress. And he's telling them our first priority is Ukraine. And again, it shows this complete lack of understanding of the feelings of the Republican base and this complete indifference to them. And so is it surprising that Republicans are angry, that they're saying uh, our leadership doesn't represent us? They're part of what you accurately referred to as the uni party, and they're starting to rebel. So McConnell himself, 10 senators, Republican senators, voted against him, which I understand is unprecedented. And some people say mean that he's terminally wounded. And of course, McCarthy, he's managed to lose after six attempts. No guarantee he will win beyond those. It's clear most Republicans in the country and large numbers of Republicans in Congress um, aren't voting for him, uh, aren't supporting him. And I'm going to make a guess that the only reason, as you correctly said, why he's even in contention at all is because no, there's no obvious challenger, George, Jim Jordan, for whatever reason, having ruled himself out. And I'm going to say also Donald Trump pursuing whatever agenda Trump has, is also trying to support McCarthy. And that's probably winning over some support to McCarthy, though it is probably also upsetting some of Trump's own base. But anyway, that's that's the sort of people we're dealing with, leading the Republican Party. And as I said, I mean, they are they're behaving like aristocrats who own the party, and they're discovering increasingly that they don't. Yeah. Donald Trump benefits from McCarthy being Speaker of the House because he knows that McCarthy is just going to uh, to work for the Uniparty. Yeah. He knows it. Everyone knows yes. it. He's going to put the Uniparty's yeah. uh, priorities above all else. He's going to anger the Republican uh, base even more. And Donald Trump is going to be the guy that comes in and says, well, these guys, you know, they're not they're not looking out for you. And here I am now running for president and I will look out for you. So he benefits. I mean, I, I could definitely see 
his play at having McCarthy as Speaker of the House, because from what I understand, McCarthy doesn't particularly like Trump, and I don't think Trump likes McCarthy. So it, it is kind of odd that you see Trump, um, you know, supporting him, which which me, tells me that Trump has has a different move in mind. I agree. I, I mean, I think with Donald Trump, when he does these things, which often, as I said, surprise and even even upset his supporters. Instinctively, he knows what he's doing, and I think you're going to find that he does have an agenda at the end of the day. And I'm pretty sure you're right. He's going to eventually run against the Republican leadership in Congress, <laughs> and he's going to say, "Look, I even supported McCarthy. I'm the most reasonable of men, but these people are useless. They're incompetent. They're on the side of the Democrats. They support Biden. They do whatever Biden wants. So support me, because if you really want to change, I'm the only person who can deliver it. And he's probably still the only Republican who is able to say that. I mean, you know, people talk about DeSantis. I don't think DeSantis yet has the kind of power base to be able to come out straightforwardly attack McConnell and McCarthy and all of these people um, in the way that Trump can do. So I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, wait and see. Who knows what's going to happen? Indeed. We're just going to have to wait and see. It's it's very interesting. All right. Uh, Durant.locals.com. Uh, we are at Rockfin as well, and the Duran Shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.